He reigns. Thank God uh, the government doesn't reign. Uh, no, no human government reigns. No human government is in charge of the people of God. That God himself reigns. God himself is in authority. God himself knows the future. God himself holds the future. Thank God he's a good God. He's a good God. Uh, people may try to do a lot of good, but without the Lord, they can't do anything that is really good. Uh, God is good, and uh, the devil is bad, and the devil's trying to steal, kill, and to destroy, and he uses the world's system to do that. He uses the world's thoughts to do that. He uses the world's ways to do that, but God uh, sent Jesus, and Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the enemy or the thief has only come, or has not come, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is the purpose that God sent Jesus for. That is the reason that Jesus humbled himself and became as a man, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The only place where you're going to find real freedom and real life is in Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the access to God himself. He is the door. He said, I'm the door. If any man come by me, he'll enter in. The only way to come to God is through Jesus Christ. And so in the midst of a crazy world with uh, people that have many different kinds of agendas that they maybe have hatched up themselves, or maybe they're just a pawn of the enemy and they think that they know and they think that they're uh, the trend, uh, you know, they're just full of ignorance because the Bible is true and uh, let every man be a liar, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. And so uh, Jesus sowed himself into the earth and so he could reap an abundant harvest. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, and that is referring to those that would come into the family of God. That's referring to every single person on the face of the earth that would hear and receive the message. For that joy, he endured the cross. For that reason, he, he came on the cross and he died for you and for me so that we wouldn't have to live in despair and wonder what tomorrow brings. No, we don't have to know this exact specifics of tomorrow because we know the one who holds the future in the palm of his hand. We know the one who holds tomorrow and his name is Jesus and by him and through him we have access into the very presence of God. Do you think that there is worry around the throne of God? Do you think that there is fear uh, of, of dread, dreadful fear around the throne of God? No, there is life. There's actually a rainbow of promise around the throne of God. There are angels around the throne of God that see in every single direction that knows that know everything that's happening everything that's going on in fact there is a speech and there are uh, a words spoken in the very throne room of God holy 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 is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come uh, in the throne of God there is blessing there is provision there is light there is freedom there is truth there is power there is access and for you a child of God there is favor because Jesus himself took his own own blood and made uh, cut away the barrier between us and God by his own precious blood and said you are now favored to enter the presence of God because of what he done and because of the blood that he shed. So Jesus is the access. He is our access to freedom and he is our access to shame removal. He is the ultimate shame removal system. And when you come by Jesus and you actually look to him and you actually uh, rest in his loving arms or you actually are like that poem or that poster they have called Footprints in the Sand where you find like the footprints disappeared. There's only one set of footprints because why? Jesus is the one carrying you through life. Jesus is the one who made provision. Jesus is the one who carries every burden that you would have. When you, when you enter into faith in that way, you turn away from yourself so much that you're like, you know what? It's all on Jesus and it's not on me. Well, you've entered into what? The grace of God. And in that place of grace, you've entered into a, such a place of favor where you think, how, this is too good to be true. You have to pinch yourself. You say, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saves someone like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Uh, in other words, you get a whole new vision of reality and a whole new vision of life because you have got vision from God himself. He's actually 
opened up a veil that you could not see through. And the way that that veil is opened up is by appropriating the blood of Jesus. Because what Jesus did by his blood didn't keep you out. It didn't say you got to stay far away. This stuff's too powerful for you. No, his blood made us able to enter the presence of God. His blood totally changed everything and changed us. And the power of that blood, it never loses its power. It's not like that blood was poured out and now it's dried and dark in color. No, that is still vibrant right now. It's in the actual, literal, heavenly, holy place, the holy of holies. And that blood, the Bible tells us, it, it, has, it has a voice. And the voice of that blood is speaking, and it's speaking about you today. It's speaking, okay, what you have done, I'm not going to hold against you. I'm going to put that on my son Jesus. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the punishment, I'm taking the penalty, and I'm even taking the consciousness of the guilt for the act that you committed. It's like the too-good-to-be-true news, right? It's news that your mind cannot wrap itself around except for it gets... Uh, changed by the Word of God. When you receive the Word of God, you listen with your heart. If you ever make the mistake of reading the Word or hearing it spoke and listening with the ears of your spirit, you will never be the same again. It will grab hold of you, it will possess you, and your life will be forever changed. Where you thought that you could only have frustration and you could only have fear, you will have light and you will have deliverance and you will have freedom because your life is not based and attached to and grabbed hold of yourself, but you have grabbed hold of Jesus by faith because you've turned from those things and you've turned to Him. And when you do that, you begin to see things the way they really are. You begin to have such clarity of vision and you, that your purpose begins to come into focus where you've looked your whole life. What is, my, what is the purpose? Why am I here? Why do I exist? What, what am I here for? Well, if you're born again, that God puts desires in your heart and those desires are a real clear indication of your purpose in life. You look from your uh, spirit, look to your spirit and see what God is doing there, see what he has placed in there and you'll find many times that is the path that you're to take. But you just, you seek the Lord, you turn to the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. He is, he has, he has made full provision for you. You, you, you don't get distracted and don't, don't look at the thoughts that would sometimes bombard your mind of the actions that you have committed and the things that you have done and even personality traits, things that you're ashamed of. If you focus on those things, you will move in that direction. You will magnify them and you'll get more and more overwhelmed. But if you stop and you turn and you look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, He's not the author and the finisher of your sarks, which is your flesh and your emotions and your unrenewed part of who you are. He's the author of our faith. He is the creator of mankind. He created us and he did not create us sinful. He created us good, but he created us with full authority and access to choose or to turn away. And Adam and Eve chose to turn away. They chose to not listen to what God said. And they went, chose to do it their own way. And all of us have found ourselves at, at doing that at some point in our life. But Jesus said, I paid the price that even when you do that, if you just take and you turn to me, you'll experience total freedom. You'll be like, even these things that I tend to see like I'm given to, uh, when I live in faith, in other words, when I turn to God, those things just lose their power. They lose their strength in the light of his glory and grace. I see what he did, and I see it so clear. And so this, I believe, is the culmination of our series on looking unto Jesus, right? The author and the finisher of our faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I cannot emphasize enough. Uh, in fact, I can't even tell you how important that is. But you look to the Spirit of God, and he will reveal how important that is to you, that we look not at the things which are seen, that our focus and our our gaze is not fixed on the things which we see, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, uh, that we are not focused on that, that we're not fixed on that and fixated on that and, and, and like, well, what about this and how do I do this and what's wrong with me and how come I'm like this and what's about that, I'm not speaking in tongues, I'm just mumbling. Okay, and so like that our gaze is not fixed there, but that our gaze is fixed and fastened to the Lord Jesus Christ. To eternal things, for He is eternal. For God is a spirit, 
and spirits never end. God is a spirit and they that worship Him, John chapter 4, must worship Him in spirit and in truth or in reality. And you'll find that as you begin to worship God, as you begin to turn your heart to God, as you begin to release anxiety and let it go, you just like make a fist like this right now. Make it and clench it really tight. Like clench it, clench it. And just go like this. I let it go. Why can you do that? Well, if you're in the midst of despair and, and, and worry and fear and you don't know that the Bible says you take all of your cares and you cast it on Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares about you affectionately and for you watchfully. In other words, he has greater affection for you than any other human being on the face of the earth unless they yield to the Spirit of God and that same affection comes on them and then he is affectionate to you through them, right? You know, you can love people the same way God loves them if you yield to the love of God that's on the inside of you, but you could just uh, get hard-hearted and resist the love of God that lives on the inside of you and live in your own strength, your own power, and think, well, I can love. I don't need to yield to the Spirit of God. I'm going to love them the way they need to be loved. You don't know how they need to be loved. Just uh, take your selfish pride and put it to the side. Turn to Jesus, and He will let he, he will cause His love to flow in you and through you. So we look not at the things which are seen. We're not fixed and fastened to the things that are temporal or temporary, but we're fixed and fastened to the eternal, and that is to Jesus Christ Himself. And He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Myself. So I want to ask you today, are you lifting up Jesus? Are you magnifying Jesus? The first place that we lift up Jesus, the first place that we magnify Jesus is in our own heart with our own lips to our own selves. We say, You know what? I'm not looking to myself anymore. I'm done done looking to myself. I'm done relying upon myself. I have done found out that I can't do it. No matter how hard you try, no matter how disciplined you've decided to be, that sin just creeps up if you're not relying upon the Lord. But when you live by faith, you hardly sin. Some people don't want to believe that, but it's the Bible. You live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is not a burden to carry. And faith is not a, 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 a labor. Faith is a rest. But Hebrews 4 tells us we have to labor to enter into that rest of faith. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's look real quick at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Brethren, verse 1, My heart's desire and pray, prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, they're zealous for the things of God, and they're passionate for the things of God, and they're after the things of God, but they don't have knowledge about it. They're doing it in their own knowledge or their own ability. They're looking to themselves. In other words, they're not acting in faith. Uh, they're acting in self-reliance or self-righteousness because the law leads you to self-righteousness. The law leads you to self-reliance. That if you do the things of the law, you'll have life, the Bible says. But, but you cannot do all of those things. If you do everything but you offend in one part, the Bible says you're actually guilty of all. And so your, your life then is constantly buffeted and pushed like work harder, do harder, do more. You messed up. What are you? You, 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 you. It's, it's focused on you. It is like a self-centered life, even though in that self-centeredness, you're like, yeah, but I'm giving up this and I'm giving up that. Yeah, the key word is I'm, I'm, I'm. Like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. God has a plan for me, right? God is a good God and he does have a plan for you, but his plan for you is to glorify Jesus. His plan for you is not to glorify you or to say, hey, look at me. You know that you're actually grabbing hold of the things of faith when you begin to see Jesus uh, and He is more glorious and more awesome and more righteous and more holy than you've ever seen Him and you're more thankful because grace actually involves not just favor but involves thanksgiving. Grace involves favor on the part of the giver but thanksgiving on the part of the receiver. So you are not receiving grace if you are not thankful. If you are not 
thankful to God. In other words, you're not seeing what he's done. You don't see the vastness or the enormity of the gift that he has given you. Because if you ever see that gift, thanksgiving will pour from your lips. Thank you, Lord, that you protected me. Thank you, Lord, that you've sustained me till this very day. Thank you, Lord, that you provided for me. Thank you, Lord, that you made a way. Remember, there was no way. Everything, we were blocked in on every side. We were hedged in on every side. But you actually made a way in the wilderness. You brought water, streams of living water where it was desert land. You caused it to rise up. You are good. You are always good and you do only good. Glory to God. Psalm 119 says you are good and you do only good. In other words, if God's doing it, it is good. God does good things and good works. In fact, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You realize that says every good gift comes from above and there is no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, it's not like today there's good gifts coming from heaven or back 20 years ago there were good gifts coming from heaven, but now it's evil things. No, there is no evil in God. It is only good. Every good gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He does not vary. He is always good. There's no shadow of turning. His goodness is not turned from you. His goodness is turned in your direction. His favor is pointed at you. His goodness is pointed at you. His love is pointed at you. His deliverance is pointed at you. His freedom is pointed at you. He loves you and he demonstrated his own love for you that he sent Christ to die for you. If you want to know how much God loves you, he gave up his one and only son. He didn't have another one. He gave up his only son that you could enter into his family, that you could not be shunned or cast out, that you wouldn't have to be far away, but you could come into the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of Almighty God, that under his wings, under his feathers, he would protect you, that you would like take refuge in him like a strong tower, that you'd be surrounded with him as your shield, with his angels as your shield, that no matter what the devil would bring, no matter the plans of the enemy, those come to nothing in the name of Jesus. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, it'll be found to be in the wrong. God is good. He has provided a plan of protection and provision and peace for you and peace for me. And when you enter into his grace, you enter into by faith to his grace, you enter into this place called rest. And this place is a place of rest that God has designed for every single one of his children to live in. He doesn't want his children worried or stressed or full of fear or or Um, despair. He wants us surrounded by favor and peace and faith as a shield. And he said here, uh, I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. So you can have a zeal for God, but not live by faith, he's saying. Uh, They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Or what is righteousness? That means you have right standing with God. Your standing with God is secure, and this stand it's not a standing of guilt that you've messed up. It's not a standing of fear that he's going to smack you down like, like you'd uh, slap somebody with a fly swatter. A little fly, you know, like if you're a little fly, he's a big guy, like boom, you know. Not like that, that, that uh, um, they were ignorant of the way to get favor with God. They were ignorant of it. Because they went about, verse 3, to establish their own way of favor with God. In other words, they're trying to produce it. They're trying to produce it. Um, Having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Verse 4, for Christ, we're reading in uh, Romans chapter 10, now we're in verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That's the act of faith. Belief is the act of faith. So to everyone that will take the risk, step out of the aching void of nothingness with nothing under your feet but what God has declared and what God has said because that's the only thing that's really true and that's the only thing that will outlast time in the very earth itself is what God has said. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That means in Christ there is an end to your laboring and trying to be good enough and trying to do enough and trying to do penance for bad things you've done. Christ is the end of that to all those that will turn away from themselves and turn to Him. 
And if you ever see Jesus, you will never be the same again. If you ever make the mistake of gazing and fixing your gaze on Jesus, this will change your life forever. In fact, if you've never done that, we'll talk to you in just a minute about that, but if you've never done that, or maybe you have, do you know what happens the second that you do that, that you decide that you're going to believe that God raised him from the dead and you confess him as Lord? Your life completely is, is, is new. You have a brand new start, a fresh start. Everything is brand new. This changes everything. You've got a new start in life. I don't care if you're five years old or you're 95 years old or you're 105 years old. You, the second that you turn to Jesus Christ, and you're, to do that, you're turning away from yourself, other people's thoughts, other people's this, other people's that. No, you're responding to what God's doing in your heart. He comes, and when he comes, he comes in love, and it, it brings such a peace. Your mind might be like uh, tilted or like kind of whacked out by that, like, whoa, what is this? Uh, in my, I, I just kind of know I need to do this, but, but I'm nervous to do it. Uh, I'm afraid to do it. No, you just follow the peace of God in your heart, the Spirit of God himself. He is moving on you right now. He is talking to you right now. Don't resist him. Don't, uh, don't reject him. Respond. What you do with him is you respond, you yield, and you respond. And you say, okay, I'm willing to go beyond what my head knows because my head is confused right now. My head has had a lot of other, lot of other things going on. I had a lot of plans in my life. I had planned to be on vacation right now maybe, uh, but, but these, this, uh, these governments and, and COVID stuff, they kind of put a stop to that. And so uh, I'm done doing my own plans. I want to turn to him. And what you do is you just, you, you just, you just do it like this. Let it go. Just let yourself go, all other stuff, and you just say, Jesus, I want what you have. You have such stability. You have such strength. You have such peace. You have such meekness, such power. Your power is such under control that it's directed and it flows to exactly where you want it to go. I want to be a part of that family. I want to be a part of that, that system of dominion. I'm going to enter into that realm, into that kingdom, so to speak. I'm entering into the kingdom of God. I'm turning to Jesus, right? So we, we turn to Jesus. Uh, verse 4 again. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that will believe. Everyone that believes. If you, if you act in faith, which is believing, that's the end of the law for you. That's the end of those requirements of the law for you. But if you keep under them, you still got all these requirements. You still got all that pressure. You still got all this stuff that you're going to fail at. I'm telling you right now, you will fail. I prophesy to you. Verse 5, for Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does these things shall live in them. In other words, you'll find life if you can live in those things, but also you'll be stuck living that way where you got to do this, I got to do that, I got to, you know, get your, get your list ready because you got to go through that list every single day. You better not miss one thing because if you miss one thing, you're guilty of the whole thing. You might as well not done any of it. Verse 6, but the righteousness or the favor with God or the standing of favor with God, which is of faith, speaks like this, or on this wise, uh, King James says, Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. What, what does that mean? Well, he, he's quoting in the Old Testament, what it means is, He's saying the same thing. He has not changed the subject. He's saying, don't say what I do is going to bring God down from heaven or bring Christ from heaven because I'm working so hard at it. It's going to make him show up in my life. It's going to make him love me. It's going to make him provide for me. Don't say that in your heart. Also, don't say in your heart, you know, my efforts are going to raise Christ from the dead because what I did, I'm gonna, it's going to raise him from the dead. He's saying, don't say that in your heart. Because the, the, the righteousness, which is of faith, does not talk like that. But what does it say? Verse 8. The righteousness, which is of faith, or the righteousness that is produced by your trusting God and turning from yourself and turning from the things that you could do to try to make God like you, that righteousness says this. Verse 8. What does it say? It says, the word is near you. It is even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach. 
In other words, literally, in, in, in the, if you looked at the, the Greek translation of this, where it was originally written in Greek, it was translated to English so that we that don't know Greek could, could read it. But what does it say? What, what does what say? This righteousness which is of faith or this way to get gods to like you and favor you, right? The way to the provision of God, but not really, to me that's so secondary, the way to the heart of God, to access the very heart of God. The word, that's the Greek word rhema. In other words, the word that is spoken uh, by God to your heart that you hear because God has revealed it to you, opened it to you, the spoken word of God. The, the word that God speaks that's real to you is near you. It's even in your mouth and it is in your heart. Notice he didn't say it's in your head. It's in your heart. This is a heart issue. What's going on in your heart right now? What's God doing in your heart right now? The Israelites, Paul had such a heart for them because he was one. <laughs> but he had such a heart because he persecuted the church of God. He came against the church of God. He tried to destroy the church of God. He stood by the while they were murdering people in the church. But Jesus met him on that road one day. And he began to see like he had never seen. He changed. He was made a new creature. And the one that persecuted so strongly the church then began to preach the same gospel that he persecuted because he began to see what only God could show. He began to live from a source of life that only God could give. He lived from the very throne of God. Because the throne of God came to live on the inside of him. The king above every other king. The authority above every other authority who executes justice with all purity and perfection came to live on the inside of Paul. And that changed his whole course and direction of life. He said, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. He, fact, he said, in fact, it's no longer I'm that living, I'm li I, I that am living, but it is Christ that lives in me. I, everything I do, I do by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does it say? This, this favor that you get uh, by faith, it says the reality of God speaking to you is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That means you'll find when you are responding to what God is doing in your heart and you're letting that escape to your lips or be formed on your lips, you'll find out that you're speaking words of faith. And those words of faith will cause a highway to be made over where there were only sinking sand or sinking water. In other words, your words will form a path for your life to go upon where everything else around is sinking sand. You, you, you can get stuck in the muck on this ditch and that ditch, but if you go on the road that faith builds by what you believe in your heart because God has spoken to you and you let that be formed on your lips, you'll find that the scenery that is before you, the temporary things that are subject to change, they will change. And where you could not see a move, you, you, you ever see that, that uh, artist picture like uh, called Checkmate? that they put in this museum and some guy stood there and studied that thing uh, for, for a long time and he said, there is a mistake in that. The king has one more move. Well, uh, all the world, including the person who made that, said, checkmate, it is over, it is done. But the king says, oh no, I have one more move. And until you begin to see with the vision and the eyes of faith, in other words, you begin to see with the eyes that trust God, you will not see that the king has one more move. But when you see that, you'll realize this has forever altered the course of the eternity of mankind.
and I'm going to enter in to this new path and this new way. And do you know that eternity, you are an eternal spirit. You will spend eternity in heaven or you'll spend eternity in hell. Don't just think, well, if somebody, you know, you're going to live forever. No, you're going to live forever either way. When you receive the very life and nature of God because you receive Jesus, when you receive Him, everything that He is comes to live on the inside of you. And when you do that, eternity comes in your heart. And eternity, you begin to experience eternal life now at that moment. In other words, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to have your burdens removed, to be free from worry and free from guilt and free from sin, the power of sin, the dominion of sin. No, the second that you are born again, you are free from the dominion of sin as long as you walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the flesh, those things you'll find like, well, how come I feel like I can't do this? I feel like I can't do that because you're living by what you feel, not by what you believe. But the second you live by what you believe, you'll realize that your faith is a release from the dominion of the sin. Uh, the, the dominion of sin. Uh, Romans chapter, I think it's 5, talks about that. Um, that we are free from that by faith, through, by, by grace through faith. That Jesus has freed us from that. Well, we might as well go on. Verse 9, that if you will confess, that just means say the same thing and mean what you say from your heart, w- with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. In other words, I'm not going to be my Lord, and you're certainly not going to be my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Well, why would you say you're certainly not going to be my Lord? Because some people, they idolize other people. Oh, do you know? See, you see what they said? You see what they posted? What they think? Even some ministers. No minister should be your Lord. Jesus is Lord. Let Jesus get some glory. So some people need to like take a deep breath, stop talking, and, and maybe let Jesus have just a sliver of glory in the situation. Atiel Osborne said one time, he said, some people, he said, I think God would do more things if they would give God more of the credit. He said, because some people, they go out and they get a, a, a headache healed and they'll print up cards like, Lord's healing evangelists, come to your area, right? He said, let Jesus do something, right? Well, man, it's amazing when you let Jesus do something. He works perfectly. He, he, he's touched with the feelings of human infirmities. You know, when, when Paul wrote in Hebrews, he talked about um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I'm, I'm, working, I'm working up a close. Praise the Lord. God, who at sundry time and in diverse manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, that's our day, that's today. He, in these last days, the one who spoke by prophets in times past, he used to speak by prophets. He, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. In other words, his words came to us by the words that Jesus spoke, but not just his words, by his actions and by what he did. He's in these days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, that's talking about Jesus is the brightness of the glory of God and the express image of his person and upholding all things with the word of his power. Um, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the uh, right hand of the majesty on high, being made much better than the angels. Okay, so much better, of course, uh, than the prophets that spoke. Now he's spoken by his son and much better than the angels. And then he goes on to say even better than Moses. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. But you see that Jesus actually became the bridge between God and humanity. So he experienced humanity in all of its points. And he experienced divinity in all of its points. So he could be the one eternal connection between God and man. That he could be the bridge to a new life. That he could be a bridge to eternal life with the quality that God himself experiences. That he could be our bridge to freedom. He is our bridge to freedom. Hallelujah. Jesus set you free. Jesus paid the price for your deliverance. You do not have to be dominated by your culture. You do not have to be dominated by your natural family um, habits 
by your natural family name. You can enter into the realm of God and you be named by the name of God himself, that you have a brand new lineage, that you don't have any generational curse on you. All you have if you look at your family tree is blessing, 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 blessing. You have the blessing of God when you enter in by faith to the family of God and you do that by uh, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive. It is full of power, that it affects us at the very core of our being. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you do not lie, that you have brought real reality to bear on the scene. Father, I thank you for the power, your power in our life. Father, I thank you that our faith not in what natural human thoughts could come up with or the world system could come up with, but that you have demonstrated your power in Christ and that even our speech and our preaching are not with enticing words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power. Father, our faith is in your power. We believe you are more powerful than any virus. We believe you are more powerful than any habit. We believe that you are more powerful than any despair and any any um, um, gloom. Father, we, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you have set us free uh, by the blood of Jesus, that his blood has set us free and that his blood has given us uh, great victory. Ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask you a question now. I want, I want you to stop, Put, push pause for a second on everything you're planning to do, maybe the meal that you're eating right now or you're planning to eat or whatever. And I want to ask you right now, look to your heart. I want to ask you, consider your life. What direction is your life headed? If you keep doing what you've been doing, if you keep acting the way you've been acting, where are you going to be in two years, in five years, in 10 years, in 50 years? What's going to be said of you? What impact will you leave on other people? What will you leave with other people? Consider that. Consider the direction that your life is taking you. Consider the direction that your, your decisions are taking you. And make a decision for Jesus Christ. Decide that I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm not going to be uh, consumed and engaged in all the things that I could produce or that I could do. That, but I'm going to make a decision for Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to decide. While you can make a decision, make a decision. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So you decide today. Don't put it off any longer. Don't resist the call of God. Don't resist the love of God any longer. He loves you. Uh, and when He speaks to you, when He's um, moving on you, do not resist Him. While he, can be found, while he can be found, search for Him today. Esau, you know, he, he, he did an impulsive act. And it's, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 that he regretted that act. But then it was too late even though he sought it with tears. Don't wait till it's too late. You decide now. You come to the family of God now. It is not a place of bondage. It is actually a place of real freedom. The devil will try to tell you, well, you're going to miss out on experiencing the fullness of life and all these wonderful things. Oh, no. Those things are so shallow, they do not have satisfaction that changes you from the inside out. You know what? I am sinning all I want to sin because I have a greater satisfaction than any sin that could entice me. Jesus is my satisfaction. I, I'm not worried when I go to sleep. I'm not worried when I wake up because I have turned to Him and He has set me free. Are you bitter? Are you frustrated? Are you tired? Are you fearful? Are you losing hope? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Make a decision today. Make a decision, a decisive action. I am changing now. I am, I am going to Jesus. I'm not going to do this with my own strength. I'm not going to do this with my own ability. I am going to rest and drop into the arms of Jesus so He can hold me up, so He can buoy me up, so He can be my strength so He can be my deliverance, so He can be the one uh, that picks me up when I'm down. It is not the life 
of a believer, a Bible-based believer, is not a life about not making mistakes. It is not a life free from uh, temptation. It is a life that is 100% reliant upon Jesus. That if you make a mistake, you simply turn to Him and He picks you up where you were down. He washes away all of the darkness and the sin and He makes you white as snow, righteous as Himself, that your standing with God is not taken away from you, but you're actually ushered in. You know, Hebrews actually says that we approach the throne of grace, which is God's throne, that we may obtain mercy. Well, you don't need mercy if you didn't mess up. And so we come to that throne of grace, and you can come to that throne of grace today, but you have to decide. I can't decide for you, your wife, your children, your mother, your father. We can't decide for you, but you today, you can respond to what the Spirit of God is doing in your own heart. He is working on your heart. He is calling you. Don't reject Him. Don't turn away from Him. Engage Him. Say, yes, Lord, today I'm making a decision for Jesus. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I want you to make that decision in five seconds. I want you to decide I'm turning my life over to Jesus. Three, two, one. You decide right now. If you made that decision or if you know you should have made that decision, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, if you repeat after me from your heart, a believing heart, you will be saved and you, your, your slate will be completely wiped clean today, the middle of May 2020. This will be a brand new beginning for you, all right? If you want to do that, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, oh God, I'm coming to you right now, not based on myself, but I'm coming to you based on Jesus. What He did, I believe, that Jesus died on the cross with my sins, that He took them from me, and that God rose Him from the dead once I was made right with Him. Jesus, I receive You as my Lord and my Savior. Father God, thank You that you are now my Father, that I am in your family, that I am your child, your responsibility, that you provide for me, you care for me, you make a way for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, the most powerful act of exertion of power that was done in Christ when He raised from the dead was now accomplished in you. You were ro- you, you've just risen from the dead. In other words, you've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been born again. You have a second birth. And now your life is simply Jesus living in you and through you. So you can just kind of take a deep breath and live in the peace of God. Hallelujah. If you made that decision and if you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to send us an email or fill out the form if you're watching on Church Online so that we can pray for you, we can get some materials into your hand, we can help connect you with a good Bible-believing church that's filled with the Spirit of God that allows the move of God so that you're living uh, in the power of God and feasting on His Word, eating His Word all the time around other believers, that you can do life together, that you can reach people together. (laughs) It's such a, it's like a family. It is a family. All over the world, I've stayed in other believers' houses. I would never do that in in regular worldly things. Uh, for many reasons, but we're not getting into those right now. <clears throat> but in the family of God, we are a family, and we love you, and we are so happy for this day, this your spiritual birthday. So please let us know if you prayed that prayer. Uh, we want to pray with you and for you. And if you're a believer today, and and you've been a believer, you didn't just now pray, um, but you know in your heart, I need to make a decision. Uh, You know, you don't need to be born again, again, but what you need to do is just recommit yourself to God and say, you know what, 
the Spirit of God's been dealing with me. I've been just, I don't know how it happened, but I've been doing all this stuff in my own strength, my own power. I, it's wearing me out. I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to pray for you right now. And you just repeat after me and, and believe this, and, and you'll see a significant change in your life. Say, Father God, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for setting me free from worry. I give you all my worries, all my cares, and everything, all my works. I'm not going to try to get you to like me because of what I'm doing. I receive what Jesus did for me. Forgive me for doing it myself, trying to do it myself. I'm trusting you now, just like I did at the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Doesn't that feel good? Like that weight just rolls off. You know what? See, some people think like, well, what is that? And da, da, da. You ought to do that anytime you realize that you have taken up, uh, you've taken up the burden and you've taken it off of Jesus. You know, don't take it off Jesus. You leave it on Jesus. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love you so much. And we at Anchor Church, we pray for you. We seek God on your behalf. That's, maybe there's something else on my heart because if I keep pausing. So just give me just one second. Praise the Lord. We, we like Paul said, we thank God for you. We do thank God for you. This is not something, uh, when I say we at Anchor Church, if you're part of Anchor Church, I'm talking about all of us as Anchor Church, that God has enabled us uh, to speak His Word in this region and in this area. And those words do not come to nothing they actually produce the will of God. And so in our region, uh, we pray for those in authority and we pray uh, for godly wisdom and godly decisions. And we stand in the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Lord makes a way in the wilderness. Waters of refreshing. Times of refreshing in His presence. So, Please, don't neglect your time with the Lord. Be refreshed in His presence every day. Minister to Him. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him how much He means to you. You'll find when you're blessing Him, it actually enlarges you. It enlarges your place. You know, the Bible says that He's given us a large place for our foot to step, that it won't slip. The Lord has given you a large place for your foot uh, to step, and it won't slip when you step in the place that He has provided for you. God is the master of accomplishing things that we think are impossible. God loves you. He has a purpose for you. And He has a plan for you. Hallelujah. We're so thankful that you've uh, come to worship together with us today. Your faith makes a difference. Your honor for the things of God makes a difference. Uh, your giving makes a difference. Uh, what's your, 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 your part of the body of Christ and your part of our local body makes the whole thing able to function. You have a significant call of God upon your life. And if you don't fulfill it, who will? But you're fulfilling it. You're following God. You're taking the place that He's put you, that He's called you to. These times were created for you to live in. In fact, this day, how much time do I have? I don't have much time, but I want to say this. You know, the world wants to say, like, uh, everything's changed, everything's different. Uh, what do they say? New normal, right? Something like that. Sure, let's just have a new normal then. I like to do, be what B.B. Uh, Hankins said. If they run you out of town, get out in front and make it look like a parade, right? <laughs> like, I planned this thing, All right. So the new normal is people 
full of the Word and full of the Holy Ghost, on fire for God. People that aren't living for themselves. People that are, it's like the new normal is a great awakening, right? So let's just, let's just, if they want to say a new normal, let's go with them. Like, we'll make it a new normal. A new normal that'll put their head where their feet were a second ago, right? A new normal, right? So we can have a new normal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you realize the world keeps going the way it is. Uh, the people who've inspired our faith and gone before us, they're a, they're a great cloud of witnesses in heaven. But they're not on the earth today. You are on the earth today. You are here today. It's like there needs to be a whole new move of freedom in Christ. Like there needs to be a whole new move of freedom to worship God. It's like there needs to be whole new inventions created, whole new things, and you're the one that's here, and you're the one that's hearing this, and you're the one that is at this very day and this very time anointed of God to live in these times and to be the new visionary, to be the greatest generation. You, you are the one who is here. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to live? Don't, don't try to figure something out in your natural head, but listen to the Spirit of God and you'll find that you'll shine brightly. Like Daniel says, those that lead many to righteousness and salvation will shine as bright as the stars of heaven forever and forever. Your, your, your light can shine forever. And you have a place today in the world system that's going on. You have a voice from God. And your voice can set things in the right path and the right direction. So stay full of the Word. Stay full of the Spirit of God. And do what He tells you. You'll be blessed. But more so, even more important, I believe, you'll be a blessing in your generation. That they'll say of you... They served their generation with the will of God and the word of God and the power of God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back online Wednesday night at 7 p.m. If you can join us, please join us. We love you. We're praying for you. Have a great rest of your day. I plead the blood of Jesus over you, over everything that concerns you. That means that what Jesus did and the power of His blood, the power that it accomplished, the life that it brought in the midst of, of death. That was not just any death. Jesus had all of our sin, all of our death on Him, and He rose from the dead so that that resurrection power comes on the scene in every situation of your life. No more dark days, no more days of despair, only days of light and power and life. Amen? So I plead that blood of Jesus over your heart and your mind and your body and your affections. In Jesus' name, amen.